it is time to tune up the band and do the big wiggle, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, always alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Hello chaps, how are we doing today? I'm doing alright, I am doing alright. I am surviving. Yes, you've you've you, you've gone you, you've gotten a bit under the weather, haven't you, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I, I ha- I have unfortunately contracted the deadly school flu. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm I'm on I'm on the other I'm on the better side now. But like on, on Friday, I was just like dying. He won't say it as a recording, but he was on record before we had press record going to bloody kids. Fuck kids these days and giving me food. <laughs> just what happens when you put a lot of them in a small enclosed space together. <laughs> like cattle, yes? No. <laughs> I mean, that analogy's there, Dad. I mean, I was just... It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Oh, as ever, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and always pending other platforms. You know, guys, I we may be believers in Big Wiggle, but we are even more believers of Big Pending, of which we are always. <laughs> Big Pending is the only industry I support. <laughs> You know what? Big Pending is the only industry I support should be on a (laughs) t-shirt. We've done it again, boys. (laughs) We've done it again. Cash that check in. What a manoeuvre. Get on to us. (laughs) We'll have that over within the day. No. uh, Very much looking forward to this one. We're right into deep into the thick of it with Black History Month. And a very interesting uh, episode of... uh, of great wrestlers you never knew. This one for sure is going to be an interesting one. Before we get onto that, as ever, as I said, we are also on patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag. Got to get that out of there and plug that away. Oh yeah. From um, donations as little as one pound per month, you can get access to all sorts of things uh, on early access, including episodes, video projects, and access to our discord server that is all on patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag we are on fee patrons and it's only going to go up gentlemen i can feel it in my bones oh hey you want you want want some custom stuff as well we've got that there as well yeah yeah we do have a suggestion box and you know we 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 will always be up for having a doing custom stuff for peeps Uh, also, before we get to the news as well, shout-outs to Jay Rose. He finally noticed me, Senpai. After three weeks Hell of talking yeah. about Jay Rose, he finally noticed <laughs> me. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw that out there. So, yeah, before we get on to our, our next volume of Great Wrestlers You Never Knew for Black History Month, it's time to visit Dan for a action-packed, really big chunk wrestling news this week. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun! Wrestling news. But big. My voice is like extra deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a big boy this week. There's <laughs> kind of everything decided to happen this week. That's so infringement, by the way, Dan, because I say big boy quite a bit on my street. <laughs> that's 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 understandable. Um, <laughs> send over the papers, and I'll get to sorting them out. Will do. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's been a whole lot that's been happening this week. Obviously, we'll start in WWE. 
uh, and we'll start off with the King of the Ring and Queen's Crown tournaments. <laughs> I mean, great that they're happening, and we both know, all three of us know, who should win the King of the Ring, and that's Xavier Woods and no one else. Um, I would like to say one thing about the whole Xavier Woods thing, which is, yes, Xavier Woods should win. Mm. Like, he's kind of the the choice. Um, to all the people that are suggesting this should be some kind of weird pivot to have Woods and Kofi feud, no. 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 I hope not. <laughs> no. The, the, the New Day are defined by their brotherhood and, and supporting each other's successes. No. <laughs> yeah. We don't need more of this. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, that's that's mostly done. But obviously, they have brought it back. There's loads of um, really cool stuff. Um, I really like seeing Finn Balor versus Cesaro, which is basically just a banger match in my mind anyway. So. Absolutely. Um, lots of really cool stuff. Um, and it's really, really cool. I mean, obviously, it's really cool to see the format back. Yes. And, and, and finally... After so many freaking years, uh, we finally get a woman's version. Though we did say before we pressed record, why can they, they never called it Queen of the Ring? Like I, I assume, I assume I, Alex sent her had her lawyer. I was send gonna papers. Say. <laughs> like I don't even hate the name. I'm just confused. Um, <laughs> uh, don't wait until you find out how some of these matches have gone. Then, because guess what? It's like. I don't, I don't know how what it fully came out to. I think the longest one was eight minutes. Yeah. Wow. Like, you have this event to basically set out a bunch of easy ways to feature women on your show, and you like you let them go like four minutes. Women's revolution, everybody. Women's revolution. Remember, it was never the revolution to WWE. It was the evolution because yeah. they want to take away the change. <laughs> <laughs> uh. but like i mean obviously the inherent point of that is like you're literally you've got like a free gimme of getting ahead of the game yeah <laughs> and even still they were like they fumbled the bag like the hands were covered in grease <laughs> so i don't know how they managed to do that um obviously i would have loved to have seen Liv morgan come out at the top of it that's yeah. not happening anymore. So I at least hope it's Shayna Baszler. Same. She's the one that could probably benefit from it. Um, but we but obviously, at this point, it still already kind of leaves a bit to be desired. <laughs> which is a shame. Yeah, our both finals, both finals are actually happening in Saudi Arabia, aren't they? Which again, leaves a lot. Because <laughs> man, when that comes up, Oh uh, boy, we're gonna have a conversation, aren't we? Oh boy, and then so <laughs> I believe this will be the this will be the very first uh, show, uh Saudi show uh that we've been as a podcast. That yeah, that have been since mm. our podcast. Uh, yes. Show. Good God. Happy anniversary, everyone. Horrific tidings to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like Virgil says, you've got to get that fuck money somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when, when, when the Saudi show 
pulls around, there's going to be a whole big conversation, which I can't lie, probably a big section of WWE's uh, viewer base. If they do, if they do happen to listen to us, probably won't be too happy with us about. No. <laughs> um, but it kind of leaves everything in, you know, a place, <laughs> um, especially around everything with like Sami Zayn advancing to the next round. And if you don't know, Sami Zayn can't go to Saudi Arabia, so yeah, um, that leaves everything in a position. <laughs> it's like so, they really are loving to dangle their love spuds, aren't they, to the lions? Don't they, WWE? Yeah, really do. <laughs> um, so that'll be a whole thing. Um, but you know that is a conversation that will be happening, but at a slightly later date. Mm. Um, I wasn't too clued in on NXT this week. Um, so if anyone else has any kind of closer idea of what was happening, Not a whole... um, all I all I remember was people were going nuts over Tony Tony Macaroni, as I call them. Uh, we had the debut Tony of... D'Angelo, the Tony Tony Macaroni Gabagool D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Making his debut, uh, was very impressed by him. Actually, he's a he's a very solid worker. Got some great fundamentals to him, uh, but the character, of course, is just Tony Soprano in professional wrestling. I appreciate the fact he wrestles in a velour sweatsuit as well. <laughs> this is genuinely taken right out of like, like this should have been done in like two thousand and like what four. I would say 1994 as well. <laughs> I mean, also yes, but I, I, I don't know. I think that's the only kind of thing to take of note. Of course, we're getting Brom Breaker versus Tommaso Champion at, at, at Takeover Halloween Havoc. Um, looking forward to that. Are they going to pull the trigger on Brom Breaker this early? For a shock surprise, it would be impressive if they do it this early, especially being that they have they let Champa hold the title after kind of reviving NXT in this new format. Indeed, and I hope when he wins it, he he reverts to Rex Steiner. Uh... He better. <laughs> he better. Like I, it went if and when he gets that title. I I basically like, I can't lie. I just want him to be Scott Steiner. <laughs> is it selfish? Yes, but is that man is that man Scott Steiner, but like younger and basically reborn functionally? Yes. Yeah. Instead of the the, the chainmail head dress, it's a full chainmail suit. He wears. <laughs> no, that's carrying cross. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't even need like the the chainmail thing. Like, I just need him to embrace that absolutely animal promo style that the Steiners had. Yes. Give it a well, fucking like they, mic. <laughs> they, they just kind of say words, but because they say it so loud, so fast, and with so much conviction, you kind of just believe it. Oh, that's 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 Rex Steiner in a nutshell, with his promo style, <laughs> his promo style and how he's been so far. <laughs> but no, all, like, all, there, all there was was those kind of two kind of main points. Uh, look forward yeah. to see what Tony D'Angelo does in, the, in NXT in the future. Cool, let's move over to AEW. And obviously, let's get the absolutely gigantic thing out of the way. (laughs) Hangman has returned. What a reception as well for that guy. Like, 
Yeah, that that is a pop that is reserved for your top for top tier WWE main eventers. So, like, if anyone was ever sleeping or doubting Hangman Page's popularity, go back and watch that moment where Hangman Page walks out uh, and uh, as the Joker for the Casino Ladder Match. Dude's over, and then some. I think the biggest thing about this is it really ties into this. <laughs> This thing I, I quite like about AEW, which is this mentality of sometimes just giving people the natural conclusion is good. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't know where it, like, at what point it came, either in wrestling or in popular media. But, like, an ending that you kind of expect because everything beforehand has led you to that point isn't bad writing <laughs> no 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 it is not in many in many respects it's the it's good writing it's yeah it, it's fantastic writing something that seems to be quite alien to to to, to wrestling and creative uh, wrestling creative teams like it's just that thing of like oh we're moving we're building towards a very natural point and now here is the thing and you go, oh wow it's like exactly what I expected, but I'm happy because of that. Would you be happy like, to see like kind of it's it's great timing as well for this because everything kicked off at last year's full gear and we're now creeping up to full gear again and it could be the case where we see the ending might potentially happen at full gear again. Yeah. So it's a great no, little I circle. It, I think it will be at full gear. Cause oh. I think full gear is meant to be taking place in Virginia. Correct, yeah. And uh, for those that don't know, Hangman Adam Page is from Virginia. <laughs> Norfolk specifically, I believe. I believe they're in Richmond. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it, when you think about it, really? Like it, <laughs> it all kind of ties together, but in a very satisfying way. <laughs> so no, that, that was obviously um, an absolute whole bunch of fun. Uh, we had... Uh, I believe it was Dante Martin and Malachi Black. Which is going to set up a match, I think, for uh, Saturday Night Dynamite next week. Yeah. Looking forward so to that match. That match is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, the, the TNT title match as well. Oh, yeah. I am so hyped to see Bobby Fish. So hyped to see Bobby Fish in AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, saw, I was, I was I interested to see. And I was like, oh boy. Oh, <laughs> Someone's happy. <laughs> I, I, I was I was really interested to see him straight up pulling up in AEW and getting a contract. I thought he was going to be staying specifically with MLW. Insane. Which says to me, I wonder what the kind of relationship Court Bauer has with AEW. Um, it must be a good one if they if you know if they've got Bobby Fish there on the books in MLW, but he's now a fully fledged AEW wrestler as well. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. I mean, obviously, MLW's relationships are pretty bloody wide-reaching at this point, mm. um, especially with recent news about you know who I'm not going to name. No, I won't name names. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, although, again, I say I say that in amongst everything else, Tajiri's now MLW middleweight champion. So you just love to see Tajiri not only still rocking it but being a champion as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like. You're talking to the guy who preaches the word of Tajiri like constantly, so yes. yes. Also, talking of Bobby Fish though, 
I am so excited for Dynamite. Brian Danielson versus Bobby Fish. Dude, that's some that's some straight up like old school ROH stuff, man. It really is. I love it so much. Injects <laughs> it into my veins, Tony Khan. Like I, I mean, I'm I'm absolutely here for it. I absolutely love it. So, oh. obviously, I'll be super excited to see what comes out. Obviously, we now have the TBS Championship. So excited for that, this. which is a secondary women's title. <coughs> it does know. it does suffer a bit of um, an unfortunate curse because of the font. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but I believe everyone is kind of slightly willing to look past that. Mm. I don't think the title's awful. No, no, not at all. I mean, I mean, I know it's just a kind of like a, a, a reskinned TNT championship. I think the blue pops more, a lot more than the red. Uh, of the I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense, though. Mm, absolutely. Um, I think you know. I know a lot of people have been talking about who should who should win it, but we all know. Uh, all three of us will come to the agreement that Jade Cargill should be the first holder of the TBS. They, they should give Jade Cargill um, a straight up Luger run with it. I I I need it. I need it. No, I don't she, want needs, it. she she I need, need it. she needs to go on a straight up Lex Luger run. Yeah, I I I don't want this to happen. I. Need this to happen. So and the, re- I go to the sleep reason I say Jade Cargill is because in 2022, AEW need to put the women's strap on Thunder Rosa. Yes. Yes. That's a, that's a 100. They need to do that. 100, yeah. They need it's, the women's strap on her. It is impressive that they haven't. Oh, no. That's the thing. It's like the fact that they haven't is incredible. But they, they like, they need to be under no illusions that putting the women's strap on Thunder Rosa, even if it, even if it's like transitionary veteran, like yeah. she can really take steps towards making someone for that women's division because yeah. they kind of need someone. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, but obviously, um, as we had going into Rampage as well, lots of really great stuff. The, the tag match, Lucha Brothers uh, versus the Acclaimed, was, yep. was pretty damn great. What, what a week that Daniel Garcia's had, and to cap it off by facing CM Punk Dude, in Punk's it's best crazy. match since he's come back. It's it's genuinely crazy. Like, to, to put it in context, right, uh, uh, Daniel Garcia this week alone has been up against Alex Shelley... Minoru Suzuki and CM Punk. Jesus Christ, that's a run. Wow. Dude is going to be... Dude's an absolute star. He will be an absolute star in the next couple of years. I guarantee it. Because that that dude has been on one... Has been on... Fuck, he's been on form. And then sub this year. No, he's been absolutely ridiculous this year. Like, genuinely ridiculous. Like, just the, the amount and the quality he's been able to keep up since, like, kind of April this year, mm. pretty much consistently, is so crazy. I mean, he's still... He, he, one of his matches is still number one for my match of the year. <laughs> so... No, it's, it's entirely fair. <laughs> it'll be hard. I'll be, it'll be interesting to see if there's any other matches in the next couple of months that could topple that. <laughs> I doubt it because it was an amazing match he had with Wheelie Utah. <laughs> nah, absolutely. But um, no, you know everything else on top of that as well. 
I mean, let, let's say it as well. However soon it comes, AEW have got... A, I mean, we all, we us here all knew it before anyway, but Bonafide Star and Ricky Starks. Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, genuinely on another level. It's it, so good. I think we, we can all come to the agreement that Ricky Starks is the second coming of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, isn't it? Just do it. Just do it. Like... And you will make money hand over fist. Right, yes. he genuinely... He genuinely has everything. And honestly, actually, it does raise a question for me about Brian Cage and AEW. I I know where you're coming from on that one. Because I know this sounds... I know this obviously sounds kind of redundant and a bit reductive, being that he's already been there, but I feel like he's better suited for, like, an impact. I know what you mean. (laughs) Mm. Or hell, even actually in a weird way, a WWE. Mm. It's not to say that we don't like Brian Cage. We do. It's just... I, I, it's, it's, he's always been a bit kind of strangely positioned in AEW, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Um, he just kind of seems to exist in this kind of, like, liminal space. Mm. It's because of Hook, Where isn't he's... it? <laughs> I mean, look, right, Hook is the greatest wrestler you've never seen, so... Yeah. <laughs> As we all know, everyone... <laughs> Especially CM Punk fears Hook, so... Yeah. <laughs> Everyone fears Hook, because no one knows what Hook is truly capable of, and that's the most terrifying thing. I'd like Shaggy, he'd be only using 3% of his power when he's in the room. That's what I mean. Like, we don't know. Um, yeah, he's always kind of been positioned, strangely, where it's like, he's been booked kind of strong, but he's never really had a chance at any of the kind of major titles. Hmm. Mm. And at this point, I don't know that either of those are coming soon, but I definitely think there's a possibility for them. Yeah. Um, I just don't know when that will come. Um. So it, it it's an interesting one. It's a I'm not one. I'm not really sure. It is a tricky <laughs> one when talking about Brian Cage's future in AEW. Because I think again, I think AEW is a good place for him. Hmm. I think it's but I just don't know. Him. I just don't know if that's necessarily where he sees himself as being best. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be it'll be an interesting one to to watch and follow. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> um. But you know, as we're here, we're talking about AEW and a little bit about their women's division as well. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. Um, Obviously, uh, Impact with their Knockouts Knockdown tournament. Oh, that was great. Uh, which has proven absolutely great so far. I know Rachel Ellering moved to the next round in the most recent tapings. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was in the other blocks, but um, I do remember seeing that Rachel Ellering one, which is a pretty good match. Yeah. Uh, great tribute <laughs> as well to Daphne uh, as well at the beginning of oh, the yeah. show as well. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, to be fair, I say I say this with quite a lot of other people, but actually, a um, Impact have probably the strongest women's division in wrestling right now, or at least Gosh. in the, at least in the US. Gosh, with who they've got, that that's not even a like a, that's not even like a doubt <laughs> that they that they really do have a, 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 an incredibly strong women's division um, in more ways than one for <laughs> sure. Um, mm-hmm. 
I mean, hell, they're the only ones that have a functioning women's tag division. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of depressing. Oh, damn. <laughs> At least they so, have you know, more than one tag team. They I mean, that's WWE. the thing. That's kind of the, that's kind of the fundamental part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but that, like, again, it, it, it's kind of remiss to talk about the amazing work that they continue to do in their women's division. Mm. Even if the product around their men's division isn't always the most consistent. I can agree on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, talking about AEW's women's division, we can talk about one of our favorite promotions right now, TJPW, who recently hosted Wrestle Princess, which was incredible. Oh, incredible. <laughs> so good. Um, accompanied by, obviously, copious amounts of music, dance, uh, and online simping. <laughs> hey, uh, mm, okay, fair, fair enough. <laughs> don't, don't I'm beating myself out here by saying this, so like, don't think that you're, you're catching anything here. <laughs> I'm catching my own here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, there was a whole bunch of really, really cool stuff. Um, I sincerely hope that, that uh, venue absolutely just demolish the Japanese freelance scene. Yeah, they are looking to be the best, one of the best women's tag teams going around in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like I say that based off both the quality of both women as wrestlers. I mean, God, we all know the absolutely meteoric rise um, Venny has had Yes. Um, over the last year. Um, and from the quality of her work in PW Wave and uh, Diana. <clears throat> um, and then also, obviously, Camille with her work both in TJPW and on the freelance scene outside of it. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them absolutely killing the game for like the next year if they decide to keep that running for that long. <clears throat> I, I agreed with you on that one. Um, is it crazy to still see Arja Kong still like been killing it? Oh, it's ridiculous. It shouldn't be possible, but here we are. I know, it, it's genuinely crazy. Um, I was going to say, your thoughts still on Neo Bashiki uh, Goon there, Dan. Uh, <laughs> because oh, I know mate. you have your thoughts on Neo Bashiki Goon. Look, right? All I'll do is I'll just quote the tweet that I put out, which is about everything about Neo Bashiki Goon is that it, it fucks undeniably. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> agree. Absolutely agreed. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's not a whole lot more I can say it's like um, I was talking to a boy Scott about the venue entrance and I was like what else more is there to, for me to say other than these two women who are both incredible looking and also I know that can kick my head off at any one moment coming out to the ring to telephone by Lady Gaga and Beyonce <laughs> there is nothing more that needs to be said i'm like everything it if a picture tells like a thousand words and the video does like a million because <laughs> that's all i need to do just like show people that video and go like look all this being said as well and they topped it off with with, with <clears throat> from what i've seen uh, a top tier main event <laughs> no i know but I mean, the the thing is, the the quality on the card, like top to bottom, was 
really, really, really quite high. Yeah. And then obviously finishing finishing up with um, Maki Ito versus Miyu Yamashita. Um, I know a lot of people are quite annoyed at the result. Yeah. But um, Yamashita's been on <laughs> such a run this year. <laughs> but then I kind of look at it, I think, well, obviously we need to talk about the quality of Yamashita's run. Where, where When I say to people, unironically, she's in contention for wrestler of the year for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but also that I mean when we look at Maki Ito she's defined by the setback she's overcome yeah so her losing in her first major title match isn't like anything that I look at and go oh well now it's time to despair mm. it's gonna be you know, the I think page I, arc basically I, I, think it's an, I think it's another step in that story yeah and like I said, with the quality of work that TJPW's been putting out, I'm more, I'm very much inclined to trust them. I know a lot of people are, again, annoyed that New Abishki and lost the title to Magic Rabbits, but, mm. like, again, I, I'm i I'm not I'm not too mad at that, especially with, um, with May becoming much, or becoming much more prominent mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. Chocopro and Gato move. Um, and her her kind of stock profile increasing. Yeah, it's basically just a really good time for them. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm. So, I mean, so <coughs> excited to see the future of like, TJPW going into next year. No, no, and then obviously they had some of their um, recent graduates on the show as well, with, like Arisu Endo. Mm-hmm. Um, Marika Kabashi was in the tag match with Venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was great. Um, so she's been keeping up pretty good form. Mm. So, I mean, again, we say that we say this as well. But Miyu Mash is only in her like mid twenties. Yeah. So, you know, w- when you think about it like that, <laughs> e- mm. even in even mm. in Joshi terms, she she's got years left yet. Yeah. Um. And I mean, obviously, one thing that um, we can look to, we can look towards is um, greater involvement from TJPW and DDT with AEW. Yes, something with, I'm very excited about. <laughs> you know, gradual, um, you know, border restrictions softening and everything like that, as was most likely the original plan. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that, that never that never got to happen. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I think they're all in for a, a really, really strong year next year. For sure. I mean, and I say I say this as well on, on the background of. Um, I mean, I, I should say Stardom had, I believe, it was five star GP. Mm-hmm. It might it might have been something different. I don't pay enough attention to Stardom really. <laughs> um, but they they've been coming off the back of kind of two pretty rough years. Yeah. I mean, most people have said to me it's been rough ever since Bushiro t- took over, which, you know, tracks, but... Mm. But, um... They came out for a pretty good show as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if um, TJPW or maybe even Ice Ribbon, depending on how well Ice Ribbon does it getting over to the Western audience... Mm. <clears throat> Might start to encroach on Stardom's territory even a little bit. 
We'll sh we shall see. We shall see indeed. <clears throat> and again, this comes against the backdrop of everything with like GCW absolutely killing it recently. <laughs> what a oh man, what a bloody main event that <clears throat> was. <laughs> I don't know what spots. it. I don't know what it is, right? But man, boot scrapes into stuff in death matches might be one of my favorite spots. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's to... so simple but it's so good I swear even I feel like it's been it's been a couple of years now but I still feel like John Moxley is in his mindset of I'm making up for lost time that I that I had in WWE <laughs> of not not killing myself on a nightly basis yeah, oh no that's that's 100% because boy did he take some scrapes and, uh, and some awful bumps in that in that match with Gage but I couldn't stop watching because well because I am a gremlin so there we go yeah I mean, also you had um, some Leo Rush pulled up as well I'm... in the match with uh, Ninja Mac and I can't remember who the third participant was. It's just but nice it... to see Leo Rush, if I'm honest. Yeah, it, um... it is quite it is quite cool to see him see him there. But it was it was really cool it was really cool to see that. <coughs> The match with um, Starboy Charlie is absolutely killing it right now. <clears throat> yeah, um, was super cool to see the nuclear. May I just say nuclear heat that uh, that Matt Cardona got. <laughs> I say it, it's it's genuinely incredible where the in, where the independent scene is right now. Uh, does this? If, if memory serves me correct, uh, wasn't this like an internet title versus GCW career? If that Matt Cardona lost, he would no longer wrestle in GCW? Yep. Uh, wasn't it interference by Chelsea Green as well in mm -hmm. that match? <laughs> Which did not go down well <laughs> with the audience. <laughs> Again, oh, the same the same exact reaction that Matt Cardona got when he removed that. <laughs> yeah. But you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh, it was Alex Zane, by the way. Uh, Alex Zane. Good old Alex Zane uh, in that uh, triple threat match. Who, again, hey, since leaving, has been absolutely bossing it. Yeah. Uh, second gear crew uh, defeating Akira, Alex Cologne, and G Raver. By the way, I just always say it AJ Gray, man. Oh, AJ Gray is, on, is just something else, dude. He's so good. Akira as well. Akira's in, in, insane. All of this comes as well with the announcement. And I'm so happy to see this, that GCW next uh, January are running the Hammerstein Ballroom. Which Crazy, is, isn't it? It's, 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 it comes full circle, you know? You know, like kind of obviously called the spiritual love child of ECW is finally coming, going to the home of ECW. They've got, they've got to have two Cold Scorpio books on that show. I don't even care. Oh, oh, dude, they have to. That is, that's not an if, that's a must. <laughs> they got to have him on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so looking forward to that. And it's funny that we talk about all of this and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's happened as well. Yes. <laughs> that we don't even have time to get into. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna do a quick a quick fire round or do you feel like a couple of or is there any couple of other things that Oh let's really let's mentioned? throw let's throw off a couple quick fire ones. Um You want the most heartwarming moment in wrestling this year? Um 
JCW Charlie Evans revealing herself to be at the show of Everett Connors, my heart fucking melted. Yes. Uh, for pre- for reference, they've been separated for the last like basically two years now because of the pandemic. It was because uh, so... Charlie was stuck in Australia, mm. and she did a tweet that was like, "Man, I like love is staying up until four a.m. to watch your partner's match, and then seeing her like in the fucking ring." I was like, "Oh my god, I want to cry." <laughs> you can't be- I cannot believe and cannot tell you, Brian, how fucking wholesome and like tugging at the heartstrings that moment was. <laughs> And how much Christian lost his goddamn fucking mind as um, We had that. Um, over in the UK, we had um, the uh, amazing guys over at Wrestle Carnival. Mm. Had both Jordan Grace and Jonathan Gresham. Oh, uh, all... Jonathan Gresham versus Chris Ridgeway. Chris Ridgeway now joining the foundation as basically the, yeah. the UK representative fucking yes fucking yes from what i heard it was a tremendous match from the pair of them and uh man I, if this means chris ridge raising ring of honor oh man i can't wait for an american audience to flip and get, get get like love him it's amazing seeing some of the you know the 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 real kind of new expansion of british wrestling mm. for sure i mean hell knowing we're gonna have two British representatives in ROH is incredible, honestly. So excited. But apparently, um, from what I heard, though, Russell Carnival have been like knocking it out of the park since they were able to put on shows. So I couldn't be happy if no, they, the guys behind they, they, they absolutely have. Um, uh, the guys over at Wrestle Purpose as well um, have been doing some really, really cool stuff. Mm. Super hoping I get a chance to go and see them because they're not that far from me. Um, <laughs> And you know all all this other stuff that's um, going around um, as well. The guys at Body Slam who are doing absolutely incredible stuff right now. They just had their Denmark versus Germany event, which was really cool. Oh. Even some WXW talent in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So like it's it's crazy right now. Just the 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 pure level that everyone is operating on. It's like it's, it's like it's it's kind of funny, <clears throat> like we were saying about like last year. I was like, yeah, most of the last year in wrestling's been like pretty, pretty awful. So picking up the best stuff has been like kind of easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now we get to this year, and I'm like, cool. It's in October, and I've probably changed like my opinion on everything about twenty eight times Same. in the last like two weeks. It just makes me like it just it, with that. It just makes me glad to see wrestling opening up once more. So yeah. fingers crossed, it, it everything opens up very soon. Ah, <laughs> oh. with that though, we're done with the news. Lovely stuff. You two, I believe, have stuff for the recommendation corner. So we'll start with Reardon. In keeping with UK Black History Month, we've. I've got another YouTuber who I think, you know, if you've been around the block long enough on the internet, dear God, <laughs> you might know him, but I always, always appreciate him. And I've got to give a shout out to the rap critic. Yeah. A man who has been doing this for so long that he's just become a part of the furniture, admittedly. 
but still so much fun to watch. Yeah, but still just ever so much fun to watch. <laughs> he is, if you don't know who he is, it, I mean, it's in the name. He is a rap critic, a critic of the rap, a critic of the hippity hop. With, but he has always had such great conversations. Some, um, And a lot of his stuff has to do with rap history. He streams now. And... He's just a delight. He is the definition of simple but effective. And if you ever want to just have something on the background or watch some of his streaming, or if you go into some of his his um, talking about more old school 70s to 80s hip hop, you can find that too. Mm. He's just a delight and I recommend him. Tremendous recommendation. I do, lo- I do love the rap critic, and I do go down some rabbit holes, especially just putting on a playlist and then just letting that run in the background whilst I'm doing work. So I'm right there with you on that recommendation, yeah. Re- Reardon. <laughs> Dan, you have a couple of recommendations for wrestlers, I believe. I do have a couple recommendations. This is going to be a, a semi-new feature that I haven't got a name for yet, so I'm just going to call it Feature Wrestlers of the Week. <laughs> Simple and effective. There we go. <laughs> um, I want to start off with, uh, obviously, staying on the theme of UK Black History Month to give a huge shout to uh, the OJ Mo, yeah, who's on an absolute tear right now. Again, putting up absolutely solid work. Um, did a show recently, I believe, with Wrestle Purpose. I did a show with Wrestle Force as well. Um. Again, one of the fastest rising names in the UK independent scene. Mm. Kind of a title here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> um, and rapidly becoming one of those people you just want to see. Um, <clears throat> to go over to the US, though, I have to give huge shout-outs to uh, Darius Carter and Darius Lockhart. Oh, oh <clears throat> those two are so good. <laughs> They are both incredible for their own reasons, many of which I don't have time to purely get into. <laughs> um, but if you need a reason why, you can go and watch one of Darius Carter's, um, oh, sorry, Darius Lockhart's many matches he just has on his YouTube channel for free. Yeah. Uh, of which there are many of them, um, both across GCW and however many other independent companies that he's worked for. <laughs> Um, and also lots of his really, really cool editing work, if you haven't seen any of that either. I'm slightly jealous of Darius's, um editing work, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There's uh, there's lots of really, really cool stuff um, available there. Um, and again, Darius Carter, absolutely incredible wrestler in so many facets, but I really love his quite unique approach to character work. Hmm. The way he presents himself, the way he approaches wrestling, which is quite an interesting and different take, mm. but one I think really meshes well with this kind of modern style of independent wrestling. So it, it they're all I mean, they're both just really, really cool um, and have stood out so much as part of this really big rise um, in black independent wrestling, and they deserve the biggest of shout outs and the most attention yeah um and again 
you can go and watch Ricky Starks versus um, Darius Lockhart for free on YouTube because it was on AEW Dark. Which I highly recommend <laughs> that match as well. That was that that was an in, that was an insanely good match. It is just there for free, so just go and do it. You have no excuse, everybody. <laughs> so with that, it is time to move on to Volume Six. Of great wrestlers you never knew. The subject of this volume. Screaming. Smiling. Norman Smiley. The master of the little and big wiggle. (laughs) So chaps, I start off these great wrestlers as always with the very first question. What did you know of Norman Smiley beforehand? Yo, who the fuck is Big Wiggle? <laughs> that's, that's really, really understandable. I... <laughs> who is this man? <laughs> well, he just happens to be one of the more influential wrestlers in modern wrestling, really. But we'll get like, to that's that in a the moment. thing. Because, like, I mean, again, I'll say about what I what I knew, and basically all I knew about him was just, like, seeing weird random clips of WCW from, like, 99-2000. Yes, his hardcore championship phase, if everyone... So, like, that. that's all I ever saw from him, and then just seeing, like, oh, okay, he's a trainer for WWE now. Oh, that's a bit weird, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think for a lot of people that probably is the same point that they entered on. Yeah. I, I could imagine so for a lot of super casual fans, the only time they probably would hear of Norman Smiley is when certain wrestlers in WWE or on the YouTube channel would talk about him or he would make a little appearance here and there on their YouTube channel. Um but before I go, I'll go on to talking about the matches, Norman Sm- I want to give a little history because this dude's hit this dude's start in wrestling is such an interesting one. So Norman Smiley was born in 1965 in Northampton, England, Based. And, then, and then moved to Florida in the early 1970s with his mother after his uh, his parents divorced. But it was from his days uh, in England that he ended up loving and watching wrestling. And as he said, he was massive. He was a massive fan of guys like uh, you know your, your usuals, uh, Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, but also guys like Johnny Saint uh, and Les Kellett. And that's where he took a a very vested interest in pro wrestling. And so when he moved to Florida, he took part in in collegiate wrestling as well as powerlifting. And after graduating in 1984, straight in, he ended up going into wrestling. Uh, He ended up debuting the year after in 85. Trained by the Malenko brothers, Boris and Dean. Oh, okay. And Carl Gotch. Okay. <laughs> what? What names to be trained huh. under? <laughs> and from that point, he kind of hit the ground running. Uh, and then eventually, uh, his first first gimmick, and one that would see him kind of have the most success, was as Black Magic. And he toured the Floridian independent circuit here and there bouncing here and there, eventually having a little match here in WCW in 1990 before making his way to Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre, or CMLL in the mid uh, early to mid-90s. And the rest is history. 
Uh, he would go on to have a very successful career in Mexico, a little bit here in Japan, and then before having a run in WCW, before, of course, becoming one of the most revered trainers in the WWE Performance Center. So, with all that, let us head on and talk about the three matches I gave you chaps. And I thought I'd go for a wide range, spanning Norman's entire career. Yeah, cover, early cover days, all the bases. Early days to his WCW days. So, the first match I picked for you two is a very interesting match. If no one knows of Norman Smiley, they'll be surprised about this. So, his first match I picked for you guys. Norman Smiley versus Kazuo Yamazaki from UWF. In 1988. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, Norman Smiley was a straight shooter. Yeah. <laughs> he was a shooter. Uh, and one heck of a wrestler at that as well. So, guys, what do you think of this match? It's the best match out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, right there with you, man. Right there with you. And this is like three years into Norman Smiley's career as well. Oh no, it's it's kind of funny you saying all of that stuff about like obviously being born in England and being raised on like British professional wrestling. I do wonder like what would there have been a degree of culture shock about yeah. like the difference of British pro wrestling at the time and American pro wrestling at the time. Oh, absolutely, I would have imagined so. And then also how that transitions into doing collegiate wrestling and then um you know getting into do you know train training with uh the Malenko brothers and Carl Gotch. <laughs> That's one hell of a foundation, isn't it? It, it, it it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting kind of transitional path. Yeah. Um I guess not also least as well the fact that he competed in powerlifting yeah I, I, which to I, be I, fair was a pretty common thing mm. I feel like but like kind of knowing those things together just mm. kind of builds a quite, quite an interesting rounded picture yeah uh, I'd say it's probably one of the best spaces <laughs> I think a, res- a pro wrestler could ever have to start off in his career uh, beforehand, uh, for yeah. sure. Oh, what I loved about this match, not only because I just, I genuinely do kind of like watching UWF at this time, because it was a, a, a shoot promotion, if you could say. So you'd have the batches booked, but those guys would go out and, you know, have a proper wrestle without having any kind of called spots or anything like that, and would, and would go on and hit each other and put them themselves into submissions. What I like about this match is just the, not of the overall stiffness, but just the smoothness in transitions that these two have from one, like, hold to the other. Yeah, I, I mm. do, you know, I didn't realise it was a shoot wrestling, to be quite honest with yeah. you. <laughs> should have because I was... that beforehand for you, shouldn't yeah, I? Yeah, you, <laughs> you should because I, because I, in my ignorance about, because I don't really know a lot of about Japanese wrestling, because I, so I was watching, I'm like, damn, and like, did they, did they do a, like a, um, did they do a, a, a Macho Man and, and like plan it out beforehand so they're yeah. not like, because they ain't, they ain't whispering or nothing, and I'm like, well, well played, guys. <laughs> but, uh, but I think I kind of realized that like, Jesus, because those kicks 
Oh, yeah. oh yeah, the sonic boom of those kicks. Nah, mate. Nah, mate. There's no mess in them. Like, oh no, I agreed with you on that one. They took. I mean, I love the fact that Norman at one point was like, "You know what? Screw it. I'm kicking him back." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I, I enjoyed seeing. It takes. I tell you about it. It takes a man to do a kick when you're not wearing kick pads and you're wearing just plain straight wrestling boots and no knee pads. Yeah. 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 With that in mind, can I just talk about how like Norman Smiley's proportions are funny as hell for a wrestler? Mm. They're, they're, I always feel like that, especially from watching the matches, they're weirdly deceptive. Yeah. Because you don't. His, his build really belies both the power and yet flexibility, which I feel weird saying. <laughs> No, it's right yeah. though, because you would. He's, he's, he is deceivingly <coughs> strong. Because he's. You don't think of it when you see Norman Smiley, when you see the average Nitro match from him. But the dude is got one hell of a physique on him. Yeah, it, it, it's weird to describe because it almost feels like he's a little bit top heavy. Mm. But also that, like, his legs are almost a little bit too long for him. <laughs> six, I don't even know if that's an accurate way to describe it. Six two <laughs> and six feet of that are just his legs. <laughs> <laughs> How many times I've heard that one described about me? No. <laughs> um, oh, one of my favourite moments from this match in particular was the beautiful dragon screw that Norman did oh, to man. Yamazaki oh, to transition yeah. into the heel hook. Oh, yeah, I love a good dragon screw. That thing was a thing of beauty. <laughs> but just the, the overall, as I said, the overall tit for tat for the holds, going from like a heel hook to then going into an over-under grapple to then going into a headlock to then a then a, an, an arm bar uh, the ending of the match sees yamazaki go for the try to go for the anaconda vice uh, but norman rolls out of it and unfortunately goes straight into a, a, a really mean looking fujiwara arm bar uh, which sees yamazaki pick up the win um overall honestly one of my uh, one of my uh, faves that i've seen of norman's uh, uwf career because from there i ended up watching a hell of a lot more matches. Funnily enough, Norman Smiley would end up wearing kick pads after this match uh, in his Man, UWF I wonder who career. Would that decision. <laughs> uh, and we got on to have oh, just insane matches uh, with a, a whole smorgasbord of people in UWF. Uh, just that same like very terrific fundamental <clears throat> style of grappling, suplexes, uh, and submission holds that he would have in this match as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, um, I mean, there, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that's very particular about the nature of UWF mm. that is kind of, you know, difficult to properly unpack within the conventional canon of wrestling, <laughs> and <clears throat> it's obviously fair to say that, um through my exposure to uwf by both sam iq and many others <laughs> sharing like old uwf stuff um that i have grown to like it yeah it and it, it, it is such a particular style but one thing i really do 
like about this is that the exchanges feel so different. <clears throat> you know, everything's a lot more measured. Everything kind of has a, a, a different kind of weight to it. It's almost like the quintessential game of human chess, isn't it? And it it's stuff like... I don't know, after watching this, it feels like there's elements of, like, holds and transitions that you can only really... They, they only work in the kind of... I'm throwing up air quotes, shoot environment. Because <laughs> I can't lie, some of those passes and guard transitions were beautiful. Oh, they were fantastic. Like... But like they'd never work in another context. Mm. But like yeah. you can tell that they're they're the work of someone that like knows they're grappling. You could definitely tell it's trained by Carl Gotch, can't you? <laughs> and you know, like and like like what you said about it being like human chess. You know, in the way that they say the same about like boxing or, or whatever other sport you want to say. Yeah. Um there there's so much more mental games into it and when we get to like spots and stuff um you know there, there's so much of it that, that goes into that even if it doesn't work in the same way yeah and like i like that it, it's just a some really really cool stuff to see from around this time Mm. There's a reason I feel like a lot more companies, indie companies, especially in America, have been doing these specialized UWF rules matches. It's because I feel like there's still a lot of love for that kind <coughs> of um, grappling sort of it, uh, I think it aspect. has a very unique kind of allure to it. Yeah. Because whereas, like, obviously in Japan at the time it was this weird thing of where like wrestling was trying to compete with like you know the upstart MMA <laughs> yeah although I say that this is nine, this is what 1988 yeah so, just so we're not like even so like we're not really even in the the zenith yet yeah you know we're not even really in the point where like you know Enochiism was starting to run wild or anything <laughs> <laughs> at least not yet at least, at least not, not yet. <laughs> um, and you know where it was just kind of presenting a different approach to to wrestling. Mm. Um, but with where it is now, I think a lot of that love is kind of holding over from like. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember exactly what the thing is, but it's like, um. You know the the years of excess, yeah, and then like coming back and then like stripping it down, <laughs> back to like kind of the roots or whatever you want to say. I get you. Yeah. There, there's some there's something quite fascinating about it that I really quite like. Mm. No, I I I agree with you on that one. Absolutely agree with you on that one. So ratings for this match, and we'll start with. We'll start with Reardon. Your rating out of five for this match. Yeah, I, honestly, I really like this match. This is a four out of five for me. Ooh. Ooh, four out nice. of five. Yeah, I really liked this match. And it seemed like, of all the matches, and we'll get into it, this seemed to be like... I kept, like, whenever I watched the rest of the matches, I just can't just keep this nagging thought in my brain that was Norman Smiley should have just stayed in Japan. <laughs> 
He should have just stayed in Japan because Japan is perfect for him. Hmm. I'm surprised you're saying that, uh, especially because, of as I told you, considering some of the success he would go on to have uh, a few years later in Mexico. But we'll get to that uh, 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 in yeah. a moment. Dan, what was your rating for this match? Uh, my rating for this match was four and a quarter stars. Mine is a solid four on this one, uh, and because it's just it's it's such a good kind of such a good grappling match, a good shoot style fight, and it amazes it, like it amazes people, and it blows my mind to see that this was this was Norman Smiley a few years into his career. Yeah, and he already had fundamentals of of a grizzled veteran. <laughs> and mm. It just blows my mind. That just blows my <laughs> mind. <laughs> It's just, it's just a lot of the stuff. So, like when we were saying about, um, you know, I'm saying spots per se, because it doesn't work in the same way. Um, but like, there's so much really cool stuff. Like, um, <coughs> like Yamazaki kept keeps throwing kicks, mm. and so then like he takes that, backs off, reads it and then picks the leg into a dragon screw. Yeah. Which is, like, really, really cool, and it's, like, what we do. It, it's a really small moment. Um, but there was this one thing that he did, and I can't even think of a way to really describe it, mm. but where he was... So, I mean, for anyone that's a wrestling fan or an MMA fan, please, you can correct me on this. <laughs> but he, he's on his back, basically, in guard. And he, like, puts his feet behind him. Hmm. And, like, trips him. Yeah. And yeah. It was, it's, it's a really, really cool thing. Because <laughs> it's the kind of thing you'd only think of in that context. Yeah. And also... This match has one of the most chad single leg crab escapes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Where just like, because like, obviously, you know, wrestling has suspension of disbelief, <laughs> which is kind of contextual to how everything works. And so like you do look at the single leg crab and think, that's a bit funny, isn't it? <laughs> and then this match just goes, yeah, but what if this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And just straight up just does like the nastiest looking transition <laughs> and makes his way out of it into his own heel hook. And I was just like, oh my god, I love this so yeah. much. <laughs> so no, if that's if that is if that has made anyone who who's seen this or made any of you to a UWF <coughs> fan, or at least a fan of Norman Smiley's time in UWF, go out and seek the other matches. Great viewing for sure. Okay, we head on to match number two. Black Magic versus Vampiro Canadiense uh, from 1993 October. This is at a, this is a best two out of three falls match for the UWA World Heavyweight Championship. This is Black Magic trying to regain the heavyweight championship that he lost from Vampiro once more. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Norman Smiley is a heavyweight champion. Well, deservedly so. So as I said, this is this is Norman Smiley right in the midst of his very famed career in Mexico where he became an incredibly popular act in CMLL and had a, a tremendous rivalry with Vampiro. To put it into context, these two are incredibly close friends to the point where uh, Vampiro's daughter, 
uh, Norman is the godfather to Vampiro's daughter. Uh, oh, they, wow. And yeah, ah. a very close bond that these two have because they ended up having a load of trios matches, a lot of tag matches and singles matches together. And I think this match kind of shows it how close they are because I, uh, as we get into it, I'll, I'll talk about some of my favorite parts. But you can definitely see that there's a chemistry between those two there. So thoughts about this one. And I'll st- I want to start off with my little thought of I always love Mexican hype packages because they'll always not use copyrighted music that they never got the permission for. And it'll yeah. always be pumping iron <laughs> and into the gym yes. working out. It is quite incredible to see. I will okay. say that. There is one thing I do want to say about the start of this, right? Now, obviously, there's the hype, there's the hype package, which is frankly incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that um, Norman Smiley's wearing uh, a Mexico Olympics tracksuit, yes. which I just love. <clears throat> now, when Vampiro is making his way to the ring, or he's in the ring, hmm. are they playing Guns N' Roses? They are playing yes, Welcome are. to the Jungle. And I was like, am I sure I'm actually hearing this? <laughs> <laughs> No, you are absolutely hearing this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I never pegged. I never pegged Vampiro as a Guns and Roses guy. Well, here's the thing, right? Uh, or did he just not have a choice in it? He did not have a choice in the matter because apparently that was a common practice <laughs> in Mexico. Apparently, uh, from what I heard, uh, Blue Demon Junior once came out to "I'm Blue Dabu D Dabu Die." Yes. Um, uh, And Chris Jericho came out to Everybody Dance Now by C&C Factory. So, (laughs) during his time in Mexico. So, they take make of that what you will. So, what you're saying is that they don't give up. They don't give a fuck about copyright. I mean, we we already knew we already knew that about Lucha Libre anyway. Yes. (laughs) Wow. I don't know. I, I I just saw it. I just heard it, and I was just like. Something like this doesn't feel right. <laughs> you know what doesn't feel right to me, Dan? Those, the outside map, because Jesus Christ. Oh, what, you mean the ones that are basically non-existent? Yeah, yes. I could not believe I can't what lie. I was seeing. The, the mats outside look like, straight up, just look like lino. Pretty much what yeah. it was like in Mexico, because you did not have much in the way of protection uh, in any sort of venue in Mexico. <laughs> For anyone that yeah. doesn't know what lino is, lino is like the vinyl stuff you put down in like a kitchen. <laughs> but uh, what what were your thoughts of this match? Uh, um, well, my first that? my first thought was, why is it so disconcerting to see Vampiro about the face paint? It, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, my first thought is that it, it's like seeing it's like seeing um the mark the Mark 1 version of CM Punk versus the Mark 1 version of Cesaro. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Oh my God, that is a great... That's a great um, assumption. <laughs> Literally, I looked at Vampiro and was like, yo, is this CM Punk's father? What the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was. It's just like I saw him there. I was like, I know this is Vampiro, but also I look at him and go, that doesn't look like Vampiro to me. No. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed there. He's not reached his dark carnival final form. That's true. <laughs> uh, 
Um, what can I say that I've really kind of like li- liked about this match? Well, you, as I said, you can definitely tell these two have a chemistry. That's one. That's one yeah. that you can definitely see. And I feel like that the tit for tat they have to, of course, such a stark difference between the first match in Japan and this one in Mexico. Yeah, it's all about high flashy stuff. And these two in particular aren't your your atypical luchadors, yeah. so they have to make. <clears throat> do with that and they have to kind of make up for that with um with their kind of american style wrestling and and the grappling um yeah. they the two of them had some really good suplexes and good great mm. suplex exchanges throughout yeah, yeah 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 that that held <laughs> that held full on 90 degree angle suplex was incredible to see. yes i love that like the hesitation one that was so good yeah it it's quite an interesting um i guess a an interesting match in both in the context of lucha libre mm. but also it feels like quite a different side to vampiro yeah but i guess that's probably because lots of my exposure to vampiro are from wcw or later yeah so seeing him do lots of like mat work seems weird it's it's a it's a really <laughs> solid opening exchange a grappling exchange yeah you, you see that up. and then you obviously smiley with the very kind of shoot influence holds and grips <laughs> um but you know as much as there is kind of a style clash it it ends up working quite well i think yeah um I, I agree with you on that one. There was uh, some terrific knee selling from uh, from smiley especially when yeah. hero dumped him out into <laughs> uh, into the uh onto the floor which i can't imagine that norman wasn't uh didn't need to sell for that because i can imagine that really he was uh, he was all. absolutely protected by that like core inch of linoleum that was on the floor there <laughs> uh it's interesting i guess because this would probably be like one of your guys first forays into a very common trend which is two out of three falls that they would usually have in cmll at this time so um, how different how different did you feel about that seeing kind of seeing matches kind of end on a on a very basic move almost rather um, than a I, I i will say that was what kind of took me out of it a bit because mm. i was kind of watching it and then i was like yeah oh i'm so used to the regular conventions i'm like <laughs> oh okay that's a that's a kick out and then it'd be like three and i actively had to go i actually had to go back one and go yeah. like what <laughs> did i did i miss something yeah it, it's kind of funny it in a weird way, it kind of reminded me of like a British rules match, a British rounds match. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, especially that first fall when it was just a urinar, like a very good urinagi from Vampiro for the free. Yeah, I, I, I think it. I don't know. It it felt very much like kind of a rounds match more than uh, than it did per se a two out of three falls match. Mm. But then again, that could be because I'm very used to the Americanized formula of a two out of three falls match. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I think in I think in the context, honestly, two out of three falls is a pretty good formula for a title match. I yeah. I like when you think like when you think about it. <clears throat> I absolutely agree on that one. I think like let's be honest, like some of the best two out of three falls matches 
uh, in WWE have always been contested with the WWE title. I mean, to, like the three stages of hell match from No yeah. Way Out with Austin and Triple H. That was a terrific um, title. What was match. the one they didn't? Um, oh, the one in ROH. Um. Oh with, gosh. Um, didn't didn't Daniel Bryan do one in ROH? I two believe, out of three falls. I believe he did. Yes. I can't remember but, who um, was against. I know. I know there was one one of those that was really cool. Again, I think it is a. I think it's a really cool formula mm. to to use for like a, a big title match. In no, indeed, indeed. <clears throat> um, I can you can tell I think just how both of them are over with the Mexican crowd as well. Oh um, yeah, um, especially especially Vampiro. <laughs> Vampiro is an is like it's it goes without saying. Vampiro is an absolute legend in Mexico. Uh, and it's 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 amazing to think about that when you, it's a your basic average Canadian kid goes to Mexico and becomes an absolute bona fide legend there. Uh, I mean, so yeah, much. I so, do. Of I, I, I do like that they call him Vampiro Canadians because that does that just mean Canadian vampire? Canadian vampire, yeah. Because well, he went over. He went by. If you saw the announcement. He, yeah. he went by Vampiro Casanova, which he was yeah, for a little yeah. while, and then he ended up becoming Vampiro, uh, Vampiro Canadiense, and then El Vampiro Canadiense, and then I, eventually I mean, Vampiro. I, mean, I, don't know. I don't know if I find it funny just because I just know him as Vampiro, and then just the addition of Canadian <laughs> on the end of it is funny, yeah. or maybe just because I'm thinking about the concept of a Canadian vampire. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, honestly, Vampiro Casanova is a is an anime villain name. It's oh, so yeah. is <laughs> without question, which is why I fucking dug the shit out of it. <laughs> that is a that is a JoJo villain waiting to happen, really. Oh, isn't yeah, it? Like twelve like, billion percent. Like. <laughs> <coughs> uh, but but yeah, it's just Vampiro is when you think about how much of a legend he is, and of course one of the matches we talked about was his incredible match against Pentagon uh, on at Lucha Underground. Oh yeah, no. Uh, yes. so to go from that I mean... Vampiro to, to to going back in the time machine into this Vampiro must have been quite of a quite a surprise. <laughs> oh no, um, I mean obviously the stuff that he was doing in WCW is still again quite a bit different. Mm. I mean. My my holdouts out there will always remember the Dark Carnival, uh, yeah. Vampiro and the Great Muta, which slaps almost illegally. So, <laughs> um, and I don't think anyone should ever really be under any illusions that he wasn't a good wrestler. No, he was he, he was absolutely. It's just that for most of his WCW tenure, they were like, "Haha, you do you do hardcore stuff now." I, I feel like he gets a quite a bad rap in Jericho's book because he really does bury him quite a bit in in the Mexico chapters of his book for Yeah, but you know, that's Chris Jericho. Yeah. And it's just like, oh we can't wrestle for shit. And I was like, Are you sure? Because I think Vampiro can wrestle. <laughs> um you know I will like 'cause I I'll I'll spoil this. Uh, this match gets like it's actual it's gonna get a it's gonna get a free star for me. Yeah. But actually, actually, it, but points it actually edges to two point seven five. To be quite honest, in some cases, it's just, you'd be surprised because that was what I was I was gravitating towards and jumping towards two point seven five to three with this match. Yeah, I feel like, and I will say this: there are quite a few moments 
where on both sides, which shocked me, um, both Vampiro and um, and uh, and good old Black Magic was kind of they were kind of spotty in their in their move sets. Yeah. Which was very yeah. surprising, which was very surprising, especially with you telling telling me how how much they were friends and how much they worked together. I didn't I didn't feel the chemistry in quite a few points. Mm. You could tell like they you could tell that they you feel like they had like so many ideas and then they just got kind of got muddled within the bats. yeah. It, yeah. It's what? kind of like part of it, kind of. You know, it, it kind of everything in the match exists on like a sliding scale because, like, you know, if we're talking about like say spots and stuff, <clears throat> mm. one thing I did really like was like the even though it wasn't paid off, was the the constant build to Smiley trying to pull off the hip toss. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it never gets paid off, but like it, it's still quite interesting to see. And then like him working to get the suplex. Um. <clears throat> really cool one with the the sunset flip into the ankle pick that that was great that was great that's that's really cool i'd love to see more wrestlers doing that yeah yeah um and you know lots of the other stuff like um i thought smart norman smile was pretty good at selling the kicks Mm -hmm. um selling the leg um, and <clears throat> honestly, the the biggest thing on the top for me was actually a lot of the presentation. Really? <laughs> um, obviously, with it being two out of three falls and stuff like that, I really liked the thing of the trainers getting into the ring. Mm. Yeah, and like, that, and like yeah. after after they had the fall, they'd go straight to a replay. Yeah, no, that's really like yeah. obviously I have no context on what the announcers are saying because. I can't understand Spanish, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I quite, I quite like the, I quite like the presentation of it. Yeah, I do. Li- I do. Like, you know, like the first fall happens, and then the trainers come in, and they're like taking them over to their corners, and they're like talking to them, and like they got the towel and everything. Mm. No, it's, an, do, it's, an, yeah. it's an interesting kind of semi-sports presentation to wrestling. It no, doesn't do go the, really. it doesn't go the whole hog. But like it goes far enough that you think like actually that's quite cool. Yeah, I do like the idea of like the trainers coming in after each fall and kind of do. Oh, just because I love the I just love seeing a fucking blue luchador in a tracksuit. Just amazing. <laughs> there we go. That's the one. Do it. I do it. So it's so cool. So I think I guess we could all be in agreement then. I guess our ratings for this would probably be dancing around two point seven five to three. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm only like slightly. I'm on three and a quarter. I'd say so a solid three for this one, which I think it's it's understandable. It's not that it's a bad match. It's just there could be there could be more to it than uh, than what we were given. And sometimes it did seem like they were a little a little overwhelmed. I guess. I mean, because it is Arena Mexico, and this is a big you know a big title match as well. I think the biggest thing with this match is that it's a lot of how do I how do I say this? <clears throat> it's a lot of really cool ideas, but without the glue. Yes. Yeah. There's lots of really cool stuff, 
but things don't really bind together. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that, for sure. So, this leads us to the last match I gave you two. Match three against Charbo Guerrero on WCW Monday Nitro. Now, the reason I gave you this one, because I wanted to take a, a WCW match from Norman Smiley, and I could have had a lot of options. They could. I was very much leaning almost towards a match against Ernest the Cat Miller. But I fought Charbo mostly because... It's probably one of his better rivals from his days in WCW. But also, I guess, the context of this storyline that these two are fighting over for the possession of Pepe the Hobby Horse. Now, what is Pepe the Hobby Horse? This was a gimmick that Chavo came out with where he would ride on a little stick hobby horse and call himself Pepe. The only reason he did this was because of a joke. He took it from one of his uh, young family members, came in with it, Bischoff saw it and told him to use it in his entrance to get over. Oh. Eric Bischoff, wrestling so got, mind. And, and so got stuck with the bloody hobby horse gimmick. And I think a lot of us can safely say that Norman Smiley was kind of a little bit underutilised during his time in WCW. Fair play. The man was never going to be a world champion by any stretch of the imagination. But even I could probably say that Norman Smiley was incredibly underutilised during his time in WCW. Yeah, but they still had things like the um, like the WCW United States title, the TV title. Which I think would have been perfect for, for Norman Smiley. But alas, we, all we got was fucking hockey gear wearing Norman Smiley hardcore champion. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Chaps. Uh, what did you think of this match with Charvo against Charvo Guerrero? Is that this match where I really did realise that Norman Smiley never found his real place? Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I was not a fan of this match. I, 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 I'm right there with you because yeah. I, I wanted to give you a base, a bare bones, basic nitro match to kind of get your kind of gauge on kind of like the, 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 the heights and I guess lows of Norman's kind of repertoire and his match types and his career in a sense. Mm. Mm. I thought this would probably be the perfect example: him being stuck in a rivalry over a hobby horse. I think the biggest thing about this match for me is that it's a bunch of really solid it's a bunch of really solid work by two really solid workers that's just surrounded by a bunch of fluff. Yeah. yeah. And given the fact that as well that you know this is typical nitro stuff of them not even like of the commentators being told to not even focus on the match and focus on Hall, Nash and Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, I that was something where I was like really what like what year was what year WCW was this. Then this when is I 97. At... 97. Yeah, it all made sense the moment I saw that. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like, there's, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's obviously worth saying that, <clears throat> like, all the all the chain work, the suplexes, all your usual kind of sequences, they're all great. Mm. Yeah, like, like they're all exactly the solid work that you'd expect from both Norman Smiley and Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, like I think you know what this one actually hurt a bit more for me because when I saw it in the list of Chavo Guerrero's, I was expecting, oh shit, this mm. is gonna be a great, this is gonna be a great match to top this all off. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, oh you get, no, you get seven minutes while we talk about Hogan and Nash. Yeah, 
And uh, I want to get your thoughts, Reardon, on uh, what do you think of the bit, the little and big wiggle? Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for putting it on the floor. Um, now we come to the big wiggle era of Norman Smiley. Is a sentence I just said that is on record yes. now forever. Um, if there is a word for the big wiggle era, I will say it is intimidating. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, because I, when you said the big wiggle, I was expecting like Norman Smiley to be able to do like a really fantastic worm, <laughs> not s- stupid sexy Flanders. <laughs> to be quite honest, I, I'm watching this like, and I like I'm watching this like. It's like he's wearing nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, especially considering he always like his throughout his career career just wore the fucking wrestling shorts. So, which does not leave much to the imagination. He is a big man. <laughs> I, oh, that's the greatest was, quote I think we've ever had on this on this podcast. <laughs> like I'm watching this, and I'm like. An hour ago, I watched him get kicked in Japan. <laughs> and then I'm seeing this. It's quite the culture shock, really, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Like. What is a greater representation of the human experience? <laughs> I was going to say, what is the most greatest? Um, it's probably the most WCW thing I've seen in a while. I oh, yeah. It. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's crazy to think during this time, Norman Smiley wasn't even, you know, being considered to be, you know, a helper in and training guys or people that have come out of the power plant at this time. Because you think to yourself, you are, you are wasting a gold mine and a wealth of information for a, it's just for him to have a rivalry over a hobby horse and to do the big wiggle. Yeah, I mean, to yeah. be fair, we say that, and that's just basically, like, consistent across WCW. <laughs> that's that's yeah. for true. Because, like, you have to think about it in context, right? So we're talking 97 here, right? Mm. Yeah. So they would have had people like Norman Smiley, Chavo Guerrero, Eddie, Ray. Fit Finley. Fit Finley. William Regal. Yeah. Alex Wright. Yes. Chris Jericho. Uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Um, But like all these guys whose entire basis is like, hello, yes, we are all incredibly technically sound wrestlers. Okay, we're not going to put you in any matches with anyone from the power plant until we bring in WCW Thunder. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's yeah, yeah. nuts. It's nuts. So, I mean, I don't think there's a lot much to say about this match other than, you know, Reardon's uh, religious experience of the big wiggle. Um, um, the religious in in what sense there? <laughs> uh, more like, like a spiritual awakening. Spiritual awakening. There we go. I mean, it's either religious in, like, the cosmic horror sense of religious or... It's not a big wiggle. Are you trying to say? 
I, 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 I have witnessed horrors beyond my despair. I, I wiggle for Targon. <laughs> <laughs> so apart from all that being said, and it being the, the I would say the bog standard Nitro match, I don't think there's much more to say about this. So we'll get straight to the ratings for this one. Your rating for this match, Riordan. I'm sorry. This is a this is a one and a half. It hurts mm. to say, but it's just it's just a waste of of really good talent and any kind of and any kind of bright spots just highlights how much it's a waste of talent. Yeah, Dan. Um, for me, this match gets two and a half stars because it is literally just the most uh match <laughs> yeah it, it is well everything as i mean everything aside from the silly bollocks <laughs> is just lots of very good solid mat work which means i'm going to give it a directly middle of the road score though i will give this match nine stars for cultural influence because i believe this is the moment where they named the big wiggle yes uh, <laughs> uh i will give this one 2.1 the point one being we finally get to see norman smiley doing a big wiggle on a hobby horse <laughs> that is my... I, I don't i don't know what that says about about us as a as a group uh, <laughs> no it says more about wcw <laughs> think, think of it that way reardon we think have plausible deniability <laughs> they don't <laughs> Oh, that's the way we're getting out of this fight. <laughs> anyway, so with all of that, we get to the questions here. Do you like Norman Smiley after watching these three matches? This is tough. I feel so mean. I think I like a version of Norman Smiley that is never fully utilised. Japan shoot shooter Norman Smiley, which I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, UWF Norman Smiley hits different. Yeah, <laughs> really, really does. It's not to say that, as I said, not to say that he's running Mexico is bad. I think if anything, I would, I, I, I well, when we get to the next question, I'll, I'll say it, but I'll just say like, I would recommend watching more of his stuff in Mexico for sure. Well, I was gonna say, I think I need to watch more of his stuff in Mexico because I mean he had a pretty lengthy title reign in Mexico as CMLL champion. Although again, like title reigns in Mexico are just kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I, th I think if I watch more more of his Mexico stuff, I'll probably get a better picture of it than just that one Vampiro match. Mm. Indeed. Because he, because even then we're talking ninety ninety three, uh, ninety three. So there's still some pretty good contemporaries going around. Absolutely. So, um, if I give a little bit more attention to it, I reckon I might be able to find something interesting, something that will be, you know, really catch my eye on it. Awesome. So, would you have liked Norman Smiley in these matches if you would, if you saw them, you know, at the time? So nineteen eighties and the early nineties. Unfortunately, yes, for Big Wiggle era. <laughs> Hell Unfortunately. yeah. Listen, I know me. And never say that I'm not honest. I would have fucking loved Big Wiggle Norman Smiley. I mean, you we have we do have you on record as uh, how much you like dancing gimmicks, so Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like would it would it have gotten over with me at the time? Yes. <laughs> yes, it would have. Beautiful. See, the thing is, like, I basically think I'm the same. Yeah. 
and I and I say this with like um, <clears throat> no no sense of illusion about it. I genuinely think that the UWF stuff is something that I could have only come around to now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, and I don't know that at, you know if I was around at that time that I would have felt the same about it but looking yeah. at it now with my perspective and how i view wrestling as a thing i feel very differently about it i felt i for me i i felt like if i had gone to watch that uwf match at the time i was watching the cruiserweights in wcw i would have liked it more but if it was earlier than that yeah. when i first got into wwf probably not that's the thing isn't it hindsight but- is a is a bitch. I will say this. WCW Mayhem for PS1. One of my most picked characters was Norman Smiley, so yeah, I would have I liked Norman Smiley at this time, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair. You know though, I will like this hasn't been commented on, but I gotta say, because I looked it up. He is the most black British man I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Like I looked at because when he was like when they um, when he was thinking like I said from America I was like no he fucking isn't no he fucking isn't I know a, I know a black British man when I see one yeah and that's is a black <laughs> British man I do not know why they made him say that he was hailed from there when it is so obvious to anyone with eyes. <laughs> Was it the moustache that gave him away? <laughs> Absolutely, it was the fucking moustache. <laughs> there we go. I, I, I know this is this is going to only make sense for like a certain section of people, but Reardon, mm-hmm. why do why does Norman Smiley have such big uncle energy? <laughs> Don't oh, no. He he <laughs> he is straight dead. He is that like that one uncle. <laughs> really is. It's ridiculous. Hailing from London, England, Uncle Smiley. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they did say like they call like like he said that he's on a Norman conquest, which I was like, the chicken that is wing. wonderful. I love the fact that, that he called great. the chicken wing the Norman conquest. It's like, yeah. that is no, that that's great. And yeah. also, just for me, huge pop for the crossface chicken wing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's big fan of the crossface chicken wing. I do love that he calls his kind of like delayed swinging scoop slam the uh, the the smiley slam as well. Hell yeah! He does have a. Well, what we all, we will say it during that time of WCW. He had one of the best scoop slams in the company. Oh, he definitely he did. did. <laughs> I mean, again, it's one of those things about when someone just has really really tight fundamentals mm. that like you can just take kind of normal looking moves and just make them look really really good because yeah. it's it, it's like one of those things i said before that it's like the most random thing <laughs> just when it comes to like evaluating wrestlers but i'm always there and i'm like man dustin rhodes's gold dust just had a snap power slam that just slapped Yes. Oh, yes. did he? And then it's just like the tiniest thing, and I'm like, man, his scoop slams are really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. So, final question. I, I like to end these things. <laughs> are you going to go out of your way to watch more Norman Smiley matches? I guess specifically, are you going to go out of your way to watch more UWF and CMLL matches? 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Maybe. it will probably always fit into my conquest of being fed and finding more UWF matches. Mm. Um, I am interested in in the the Mexico stuff though, so I might try and seek some of that out. I one thing I will highly recommend is a promo package he did for a trios match, where uh, I don't know if it was the promoter. Uh, went and doubled down on the whole black magic gimmick, and so they outfitted him with a top hat cape and a bow tie with a magic wand. He was black magic. Incredible. <laughs> he had a magician gimmick, and I love CMML for doing that. Thank you, Mexico. Very cool. <laughs> so, that is about... I should say, before we end it as well, I mean... I guess the question as well is, can you, I guess the final, like, kind of, like, additional question. I guess, do you understand why he's so revered by so many people in the performance center and so many wrestlers that he's Oh, trained? absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He is ridiculously good at what he does. Yeah. It's just a damn shame he would never got the chance to really show it off. Yeah. He was definitely a man in the wrong era. If he was, if he was in like, like get this, if this man was slapped into, into, um, uh, ring of honor yet, yeah, like, mm. can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, he did have a short period of crossover. Yeah. Um, it was like a, it was like a cup of coffee's worth. A but... cup of coffee's worth. Would you be uh, surprised, Reardon, talking about this transition period, that Norman Smiley once had a match against CM Punk? That makes no fucking sense. And he actually did the big wiggle to intimidate CM Punk as well, to hypnotise by Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> Could Everything... you... You have just said makes no sense. I yeah, no, I can't. I can't. I can't lie. CM Punk's wrestling career is just like the most cursed timeline. <laughs> it really, <is>. <laughs> <laughs> he has so many matches against people that he just shouldn't have had matches against. But we, you just look at it and you're like, okay, then. That's I, the. Um, <clears throat> I know there is there is that really small period of crossover, and I would have loved to have seen like. You know, like obviously it's like a much worse thing, but like. You know, I mean, to be fair, one part of it is what if UWF survived? Yeah, and like yeah. continued going on for longer. That would have been a whole thing. Absolutely. Um, but hell, like you know, Norman Smiley in you know like Bloodsport, <laughs> or <laughs> or even just like Norman Smiley in like you know more modern Japanese wrestling. Like if he. Yeah, like he you know, like an, like an like an like an early Noah. You could definitely feel like if he was plonked into today's contemporary wrestling, he'd be a shoe in for always <laughs> consistently being in the finals for the Battle of Los Angeles. For yeah, BWG. like something like that. I mean, even again, I kind of look at it and I always think like, you know, I mean, we're we're talking a lot about Japan here, but like, I don't even necessarily think maybe. Post two thousand, I mean, post nineties New Japan, maybe. I would have seen. I would have loved. It I mean, Inoki was definitely going off the rails. Oh, absolutely. It's you know, it's a it's a crying shame. 
Because of their working relationship, why they never made Norman Smiley take a tour or two in New Japan when he, during his time in WCW. But yeah, I think something like an an early Noah would be a good environment for him. Yeah. Um. Or if there was like, you know, one of the more you know, one of the more recent kind of shoot-focused independent promotions that happened to survive yeah. until now. <laughs> so basically what we're saying is, you know, even though he's you know, even though he's still quite fairly young, you know, he's at the age of 56, we're still waiting to see the, ma- the dream match between him and Jonathan Gresham, correct? Well, well what I'm not. saying is, is like Minoru Suzuki's what, like 51? Yeah. So like... I mean, to be fair, if he's 56, he's probably about the same age as Keiji Muto. Yeah, exactly. And he's still training very consistently. Apparently a very yeah. active part of the performance center and doing drills, so... Wouldn't surprise me. Can't see well, why not. You know? <laughs> yeah. However, that, that CM Punk thing you told me, I have thought about it, and I cannot and will not believe you. I will send you a clip after we're done recording. Yeah, no, like it, like it, like it's a thing that has happened, but I choose to not acknowledge its existence. <laughs> Fake. Fake. I don't care what you say. Uh, Alright, okay then. Well, uh, to, to avoid farther, further arguments, we will end this episode. <laughs> All of our, 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 our... Well, yeah, Great Wrestlers You Never Do, Volume 6 is done and in the bag. Gentlemen, Thoughts and feelings after all of that. This is the. This is like. This is an, a, a little annoyed for myself because this is the one great wrestler you never knew why I figured like. I'm a bit like. I'm actively annoyed because it's like I didn't quite like as many as I wanted to. Yeah. And Which that's so okay. very and that's, frustrating. And that's okay, because that's what we're all here for. Differing opinions, differing viewpoints, differing thoughts, and being sad that a man's career could have been so much more than he was actually given but alas <laughs> i mean i think i think the thing about this is you know kind of acknowledging that thing of like just because one thing doesn't work well somewhere it can work really well somewhere else mm. Mm. and I, I i don't want anyone to like you know hear like our views on like the last two matches and then just make this decision that like oh I guess he must have not been that great or he didn't or like oh he just didn't fit anywhere because like again I want to make this clear he's a very good wrestler yeah yeah yeah. like a very 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 good wrestler that is what's annoying me (laughs) things don't always quite um connect in the same way yeah um and you know, as as much as there are like any number of people we could have chosen in this slot, um, I mean, we definitely went between like seven or eight different people for this. So, and honestly, I think I went for the right one because it's been such a very different and compelling one. And like, and thank you, Shug D, for the suggestion. Yes. <laughs> um. But um. You know, as much as we could have chosen between like seven or eight other people, and in a way, kind of done what we've done with other ones before, where it's just like we just pick a person and we're like, yeah, they've got like three banger matches. Let's get all those in a row. Because <laughs> that's often the that, that's really that's often really good to do, especially when you have people like like you don't think have been platformed enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but here it's more you know the the thing about platforming someone and saying like hey this person is really good and they've got some really really good stuff out there if you go and if you go and find it yeah yeah agreed agreed on that one so gentlemen next week Man, this has been a big one that we've been talking about for quite a while. And it's so glad that Black History Month is the time we get to do it. We get to talk and do a retrospective on Two Cold Scorpio. Oh, hell yeah. I am so excited for this one. We're going to have fun with this one. Oh, Oh, we are. We are so much. Talking from his days in WCW, his amazing rise in popularity in ECW... Yeah, we're even going to be talking about Flash Funk and the Job Squad for a little bit as well. (laughs) And his incredible, I guess, his incredible comeback story, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, Because his popularity has gone up into a level I've never seen before. Uh, And especially the matches he's been pulling off in GCW. I'm really excited to talk about all of this. But that is next week. The power of the Black Wrestling Revival. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yes. That's all for next week. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. We will see you as ever on the next one. Bye, everybody. Now let's do the big wiggle, everybody. Ah. Big wiggle. Big wiggle. Just wiggling in your mind. You're imagining it right now, and that's okay. Okay. <laughs>